0: Hey, what's up Automotive World? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host today. I'm coming at you with another tech tip today. Uh, Just a reminder, these tech tip episodes, I try to get out as often as possible, at least once a week, and they are just short uh, bits of information that are hopefully going to help you out uh, on a day-to-day basis in the shop diagnosing things. Um, Today, what I wanted to talk about was aftermarket devices that have been installed on vehicles that end up in one way or another causing a communication issue, uh, whether it be small or major. Um, I've run into a string of these recently, and... They all happen to be on General Motors vehicles. Actually, they're all General Motors trucks or SUVs, and I don't know that those vehicles are necessarily more susceptible to interference from aftermarket devices than any other uh, vehicle or that there's just a lot of General Motors Trucks and SUVs around the area that I live in, uh, you know, so the odds are just in the favor of that happening. But either way, uh, all three vehicles do happen to be GM trucks. So I'm just going to run through uh, the three that I've run into um, within the last few months here that have had similar issues. Again, the issue is an aftermarket device that is tied into the communication network on the vehicle somehow, usually unprofessionally (laughs) because it's an aftermarket device, but somehow it's tied into the communications network. And the reason that I'm looking at these vehicles is because they have a network problem. They have a communications issue between different modules on the vehicle or even the scan tool or the vehicle, um, in some cases, completely disabling the vehicle. And the problem is the aftermarket device. That is what's actually taking down the network, not allowing the other modules on that network to communicate like they're supposed to or not letting the scan tool that you're using uh, be able to talk to these modules. So, um and kind of what this is, is just a reminder to look for these devices. If you're running into communication de- issues and you don't seem to be finding where the problem is coming from, do consider that, you know, we're looking at our network topology as a diagram or whatever in the service information, maybe on the scan tool. Those are all the modules that were equipped from the factory on that vehicle. Well, What if there's an extra one that somebody put on in their garage that obviously isn't equipped from the factory, but is still tied into the network? Uh, That's where this can become a problem. And if you're not aware that it's there, which eh, most of the time you're not unless you do some looking, um, it can really throw you for a loop. So again, I'm going to walk through three vehicles that I've run into recently and just describe real quickly the problems uh, that I encountered um, that all ended up causing pretty much the same issue. So the first one's actually on a friend of mine. He drives a older GMC Yukon. I think it's an 01 or an 02. And he has an aftermarket radio installed in this thing. And this is actually a pretty common one, especially if you do programming and stuff like that. But even if you don't, these radios in these General Motors vehicles for a long time, you know, pretty much throughout the early 2000s were tied into the Class 2 data network, which really linked all of the modules on the vehicle together. Uh, these older General Motors didn't have separate networks for the most part, and everything was on that class two <laughs> data line. So in it, that included the radio. And so if that radio were to have a problem and pull down that network, you could take down <laughs> you know, communications between all of the modules. Uh, now, luckily on this vehicle, uh, the PCM was still able to operate and run the engine, but the aftermarket radio uh, was what was actually pulling down the Class 2 data line. So if you go into the PIN on the DLC and you look at it with a scope, um, there's no voltage pulses happening. And I can't remember if this one was pulling it high or low consistently, but either way, it was... Let's just say for our, for discussion's sake that it was grounding the network the entire time. So nothing could talk. Nothing, no other module, even though they might be trying, would be able to send any voltage pulse out to the other modules on that network. And so nothing can communicate, including your scan tool, because your scan tool joins in on that network to talk to everything. And of course, this is going to cause all kinds of dash lights and gauge problems and all kinds of issues with the vehicle. So um that's something to look for and a really easy one too. If you're having communication issues, look on the dash and see, does this thing have an aftermarket radio of some sort? Because uh, these can cause a lot of issues. You know, they're just, maybe they're not built up to... Uh, you know, the quality of the OE parts. Maybe they are, uh, but sometimes I just don't think they're meant to work with <laughs> every single OE network. Um, that wasn't the way these aftermarket parts were designed. So we end up having a lot of issues there. So check out for an aftermarket radio. That's a pretty simple, easy one because you can see it. You can look at the dash and say, okay, that might be a place to start if that aftermarket radio is tied into the network. Maybe I disconnect that first, or you could even try pulling the fuse for it. Uh, that Might take care of the issue depending on the situation, but um, something to check for for sure. So, the second vehicle I have is an O2 Cadillac Escalade, which actually is a very similar vehicle to this uh, GMC Yukon around the same year. Still, same thing, class two data network that links all of the modules together. Well, this one had. Similar issue where dash lights were on, gauges were acting funny, a bunch of warning messages on the dash. Um, Well, what we ended up finding out was, again, the network in this case was being pulled high. And I think it's a 7-volt bias that's on this network, Uh, but it was there all the time. If you hook up to the network with a scope, you should see some pulses. You should see something happening on the That network. And there wasn't anything. It was just a flat line, whether you had the key on, or I don't remember if it was when the key was off, but definitely while the key was on, you had this just flat line of voltage, which you shouldn't. You should have communication. That's why none of the modules could talk to each other. So in this case, I did not know there was an aftermarket device connected to this vehicle because the radio was stock and I, you know, visually I couldn't see anything else that didn't belong. So the first thing I did here was go to the splice pack under the dash and in these general motor vehicles with class two, there's a splice pack that is basically just a connector that has a a splice or a comb in it that connects all of the legs of the network into one place. And the advantage of this is we can pull out this little metal comb and we separate all the legs of the network. Okay, We basically make them their own network, if you will. And what you can do at that point after you pull that comb out is you can go to each circuit, each wire individually, and see which one is either pulling my network high or low or sending out garbage information, uh, whatever the issue is. So that's what I do because it's real easy. Pull it down from under the dash, yank that comb out of there, and see where's my issue at. Well, this one was odd because I'm expecting a, a module on the network to be causing this issue, like the radio or the PCM or instrument cluster or whatever. And what I ended up finding out was from that comb, the wire that was actually causing the issue was coming from my DLC, my diagnostic link. And I was looking, I was like, well, do I have my scan tool still plugged in? And I didn't. I unplugged my scan tool for this. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. The DLC is about... I don't know, six inches away from the splice pack, maybe a little longer if you include the entire wire routing, but there's not a whole lot going in between there, especially, I mean, you look at the diagram and it is a straight shot from the DLC right to the splice pack. And I was like, well, how could, and it was actually voltage. It was seven volts or something close to that being generated on that pin. I was like, do I have the right color? Do I have the right pin? Is something weird here? And you know, nothing really made sense. I was like, it's coming from my DLC, which nothing's plugged into. How can it be generating seven volts? Well, I looked up under the dash and between the splice plaque and the DLC, there was another wire that had been spliced into it. Well, I followed that up under the dash around the steering column and someone had installed a remote start, an aftermarket remote start device. And so the re- aftermarket remote start actually communicates on that class two data network, I'm assuming for anti-theft purposes, in order to get the vehicle to start. Well, this aftermarket device stopped working and started spitting out a constant seven volts. When that comb was put in, that was affecting the entire network and nothing could talk, including my scan tool. So it was as simple as unplugging it, putting the splice pack back together. I got everything back. Everything's happy. Except for the remote, aftermarket remote start. It's no longer going to function. Well, that's, customer can decide what to do there, but I always recommend not doing aftermarket remote starts. They never seem to function correctly for a long period of time. I've fixed a lot of vehicles by just unplugging those aftermarket remote starts, but that's what was going on with that Cadillac Escalade. My final one was a little weird and I guess I can't say 100% that I fixed this one, but I'm pretty confident just based on the time frame that I'm dealing with here. So this was a 2009 Chevy Traverse SUV. And this is a transmission shop that I do a lot of work with. And they had called me in because they kept getting communication codes in this vehicle. And a lot of them pertain to the TCM, transmission control module. And they ended up replacing the TCM with a genuine GM part and they actually had me come in and program it they didn't tell me about all this at the time but they just said hey can you come reprogram this TCM for us and I did well they kept getting uh, communication codes for this TCM and later to find out there were some other codes in there as well but the reoccurring one definitely was multiple modules saying I can't talk with the TCM for some reason Well, it was really intermittent. This was not a consistent problem. And so they call me back in after they replaced this TCM. They're still getting these codes. They say, can you check this out? And I could never get this thing to act up. I actually went three different times and checked this thing because, you know, it was a Consistent problem, but intermittent enough that it never happened in the shop. And I went through and I did a very thorough visual inspection of the harnesses and the connectors. And we found the ABS connector. There was something a little funny about the latch on it, and we messed around with that. And I was checking pin fit, and I'm looking at all these things that I can't find anything wrong with this network. You know, I scoped the network and ohm checked the network and all, you know, run through all the different. Tests that I can, and I can never get a fault to occur in this thing. Now, I was able to record the codes that were in there, and like they said, there was some TCM communication codes, but there were other communication codes as well. Um, but I could never duplicate it. So I'm like, sorry, guys, you know, there's nothing visual that I can see, and I've, I've really gone over this with a fine toothed comb as much as I can, and I, I can't give you an answer. I can't tell you you need to replace a specific part. It's gotta be. Got to be happening, and again, I think I I did this about three times, and I, I hate recommending anything if I can't confirm it, if I can't verify the concern. How am I going to verify the fix? You know, I just I don't like putting my name on something like that. But here's the thing: the last time I was there, I'm looking at this thing, and I see in the cup holder on on this traverse that they had one of these little. Uh, OBD2 style plugins for an insurance company, and this is just something that plugs into the DLC and it reports or saves data for the insurance company. And I don't know exactly, you know, what it's looking at. I'm sure it's like, you know, what speed are you bra- are you breaking from and acceleration and and cornering. I mean, you can get a lot of data from these vehicles in the ABS module nowadays. But anyways. I saw this in the cup holder and I asked the shop owner I'm like what's do you, are you guys unplugging this when it gets here to check it for codes he's like yeah we we take it out and then we check for codes once it's here and when I was coming to look at this thing you know they had gotten the vehicle back in cuz the customer's having issues with it um you know all the dash lights I actually think it stopped shifting when the communication issue happened because the TCM it couldn't talk to whoever it needed to talk to on the network. And so they'd unplug this thing, put it in the cup holder, check the codes. And I'm like, okay, we cannot duplicate this thing. And we tried plugging it in and it didn't cause the issue. But I was like, we can't duplicate this thing. I was like, tell the customer and hopefully they're understanding with you, and they were. I was like, tell the customer to not plug this thing in. Leave it in the cup holder and go drive this thing. And that was back in early August. And it is right now October 11th. And I have not heard back about this car yet. I actually did ask them while I was there. They hadn't heard back about it either. And so, again, I can't 100% prove it. And we checked it with it plugged in and we weren't able to get it to happen. But I mean, again, just based on the time alone, I'm guessing that this thing was causing some network problems. And it really is a guess. I cannot say that for sure, because who knows? Maybe the customer just got pissed off and went to another shop. <laughs> that's that's always a possibility when we don't see these com- things come back. But my point is here is not that we 100% fix that car. I hope we did. I think we did. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of aftermarket devices that people could be plugging into their OBD2 connector that could be causing issues on the network. And that's why it's important to ask the customer. Uh, all the questions that you can, especially if you're having a network communications issue, is you may want to ask them, do the, you have anything plugged in here? Maybe it's some sort of tracking device for a fleet vehicle, or I even know people that have that on their kids' cars, so they can track where they go. Maybe it's an insurance device. Maybe it's some sort of code reader, um, you know, data logger, who knows? There's there's uh, hundreds of different devices that are can be plugged into that OBD2 port, but I would think as a technician, especially if I'm dealing with one of these issues it's something i definitely want to know so you can kind of add that to your checklist of questions that you're going to ask customer but hopefully you found that information useful Uh, i guess the big picture here is just to check for aftermarket devices on networks if you're having weird issues and you might find your fix but that's it for today thanks for listening and let's get out there start fixing the world one car at a time